Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. This is the pregame five. Um, where do we even begin here? I mean, you know, I think I think, I think last podcast we you know, being a little bit more, more emotional after that loss. I was worried that we were being pessimistic compared to other uh, podcasts, YouTubers, or uh, you know, TSN uh, six ninety analysts, anything like that, and then. You know, upon looking at other people's reactions, I think we've been about on par. So I'm not really worried. I'm not going to hold back here. I'm worried. I, I just, if anything, I find our podcast even times where we're, we're a bit of optimism. You know, we're willing to forgive certain things. I've heard a lot of very, very harsh criticisms of the Canadians. Yeah, TS and 690s basically written us off like Mitch Gallo, yeah. Mitch Melnick, all those guys, um, which like I understand, like it's not looking good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the fit, you know, you know, Neil Anders or any goals is the Habs, you know, on a, a you know, yeah. you know, you know, it's really like John Tavares has as many goals as Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what really stunned last game, like sitting back watching was that Galchenyuk three point night. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. they, they talked about him for a good, a good time on the Steve Dank podcast. And they, you know, he even mentioned it, that, you know, Galchenyuk. Essentially, been a bust everywhere he's gone except Toronto. He kind of found his stride. I mean, one, you know, you know, I, I, I thought a little bit that he'd find some offensive success in Toronto because he's transitioned to a winger from his original position at center, and also just Toronto doesn't play that harsh reliability. They just every line has someone who gets back. They they don't don't have that rule of like the centerman and to come back. I think, you know. And, it just in it, he's just he's clicking there, and so it does. It does. Uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, he's not playing center, but even more so. For example, like the Canadians have a you know five up five down kind of like mentality, whereas like uh, you know certain you know the typical standards, the centerman's the guy who's back. Yeah, this is kind of make sure you're never getting hot on on an odd man. If it's if it's you know Marner's faster than Matthews, Marner comes back. He, he plays their penalty kill. He's better defensively in yeah. general. It's just, it's, it's. I'm happy that he's found somewhere, but it sucks that it's Toronto. Yeah, it sucks that he produced like that against us. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump into some lineup stuff. We have some news. Brett Kulak tonight, he's being replaced with Eric Gustafson. You know, odd move. I'm, you know, I'll take take the lead here. here and I, really understand, I haven't understood much about the series um, in terms of coaching decisions or uh, you know, GM vetoes that we've seen. Yeah. But, but, you know, Romanov being the last of the young guys to be put in, I assumed that, you know, like I said last podcast, they were slowly making their uh, introduction into the into the playoffs. To skip Romanov for, for Gustafsson after he, he sat out of the playoff, I, I, I don't really understand the move there, especially, um, you know, I, I understand we need some more... Um, some more um, you know, drop, some more <laughs> offense, and some more puck moving from from the defense there. But Eric Gustafsson hasn't proved that he could do that with us yet. No, whereas he... Romanov has. He's not Romanov's not a fantastic puck over, and he, he you know he didn't rack up a ton of points this season. At least he has more experience with the team than Eric Gustafsson does. I, I don't understand it in a game that you're you know you're on the brink of elimination and you start rolling the dice with these guys, and especially taking Kulak out. He's one of the only guys who's been in the puck. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. And the, the things I'll say is just contrasting and comparing uh, Gustafsson to Romanov. Uh, there's a couple things that I have a problem with in this point. Um, This is 100% Gustafsson's last year with the Canadians. Yeah. This is not Romanov's last year. That's actually his first year. So 
I don't see where the logic is in that to begin with. But but then also, with Eric Gustafson, he had that incredible season where he put up 50 points in 79 games. And then after that, I mean, he's been on one, two, three, four teams in the last two years, and he's not put up any points, basically. He had three points in seven games with Calgary. He had 10 points in 24 games with Philly, and he had two points in seven games with, with us. It's just significantly lower, lower in terms of points. We need to not act as though you know him coming in is going to spark the offense. Yeah, let's be realistic to why he's being put in right now. I, I think the you know, the real reason he's being put in is because Bergman doesn't want to look like, like he got a guy for nothing and uh, you know, didn't even play him. I, I think that's probably the reason why we're seeing it there. He, he doesn't want you know us to acquire Gustafsson. Use him once or twice. Not you. Not use him in the playoffs. Get eliminated in the off season, and then. But yeah. we, we we traded him for a seventh round pick. I just I don't well, no, think it's, anyone... it's not it's not even it's not the trade at all. It's just the fact that you went out and got him and you brought him right. to Montreal and you're not going to use him. What's the point? Right. I'm, but then I would counter, and I I agree right with that. That I would counter. You know what? John Merrill's four games. Sit Jamal, Gustafson playing with Romanov at that point. If you really insist on benching Kulak, yeah, for no benching reason. Kulak's a holder. I don't, I don't understand, understand the call. I I don't like. I didn't get to watch the pre uh, the post game with Ducharme, but um, from what I heard, it was a lot of nothing. And I I don't. I mean, this will be our post for the season, and with all the offseason videos we're gonna do, do but. but, but Mark Bergman's job is contingent on whether he's willing to bring back Ducharme or not. And I mean that in the negative sense. If he wants Ducharme back, he's, I'd fire him on the spot. Uh, you can't have something like that on the team. He just doesn't have the capabilities. Yeah, yet. I think we need to do a proper post because, you know, oh, as, much okay. as, I don't, as much as I, I have liked what I've seen from Ducharme, it's hard to tell how much of it is the pieces on the team. And, like, I understand a coach has to adapt to the pieces on the team. But at the same time, um, you know, um, there's some, obviously, problem on this team that, that need to be solved. And, like, if a guy like Claude Julien can't do it um, with that, that kind of sound, I'm like, like, like uh, do charm. Um, then you know, it, there's there's other stuff that has to be done in conjunction with the coach fire. Oh, like absolutely. I know what you're saying, but I think we need to kind of move one at a time. I I don't want Ducharme back next season, but I don't want them to do that thing that they they tend to do when the catastrophe where they were in one day trade away a bunch of players, fire the coach, fire the assistant coach, just clean house, house. Like don't basically. just clean house. Like get rid of guy. See how that works. Look at your team. Look at your team. See how that would work. Move another guy out. Don't just completely flip the team on its head in one day. Yeah, the the only issue with that I take is that it it then goes back to having the same problem that we we always take with the team in that, you know, we're just bit by bit trying trying to like change things things and like commitment to a plan. And in terms of like, there's gonna be an issue with like if the like if we were saying the other day. I mean, all in the off season though. Okay, sorry. I thought you meant like 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 wait till next season. Uh, I meant okay. like all in the off season. Yeah, no, that that's well, yeah, that's what I mean. They 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 have the whole off season. Yeah, like, like don't do this, this next thing where we're in one no, day. No, absolutely fire not. Yeah, was, and just like, like slowly do it. So you know, the trajectory. Yeah, team. absolutely. No, that I agree. With. That I thought you meant for next season. Yeah, what they do a lot of the time is they'll completely just completely trash the how trash yeah. the team and just get rid of everything, and then they're left with a bunch of these scraps, and there's no clear direction of the team because. 
you know, you move I out, you, you see what you're with, you're like, okay, okay this is the direction I want to move in, maybe we can do a trade for that, but you know, all of a sudden you lose half your team, you lose your coach and all, basically you're, you're, you're starting with rubble, and, uh, you know, it, it's very hard to get the direction now. And people don't want to join, whether it's staff or free agents, if they know everything's that volatile, yeah. which is important. No, I agree with you then, absolutely. I really thought you meant, like, basically every few games next season, like, add a new piece. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no time for that. But yeah, honestly, just focusing more because this is like you know it's still pregame. Obviously, without saying this is a must-win. I, I don't think that's worth well, saying. Literally. It's, it's literally it's a must-win. Must um, we've been saying that for a few games, but this is a fit like really do or die. Yeah. Um, I also think that if, if you get the rod up for the, for this game, knowing if the, the reward for winning for winning the game is fence next yeah, game, that's an, that's an, huge. That's but what I'm on. I honestly, I just I don't know if. You know, the the team is being given. This is the issue I take in terms of let's say Ducharme. I don't know if the team is being given a you know fighting chance when he's taking out guys like Kulak, like benching guys like Romanov, and inserting you know star players like like Gudenson and um, who is he practicing Merrill. with? Merrill. With Merrill. Yeah. Okay. And so, so I understand they're saying the power play is not working, so we'll put an offensive defenseman. But the problem is like one. He's not a quarterback on the power play. He's just he doesn't have that vision. He's is a he's able able to make that second pass. He's a D skater, yes, yes, but like he's gonna play eleven minutes. You know, it, it's it's what this needs to happen is they need to basically get on Jeff Petrie's ass, yeah. tell him he needs to actually play like a, a caliber level NHL guy and Everyone's got to step up. We need Gallagher to put one in the net. We need to Tar to put one in the net. We need Suzuki to get going. We need Kaniemi and Anderson to fit. We need. We just need everyone yeah. to play. I'm gonna take this from Mitch Mel. Mel, be like jumping on Petrie because we really ripped into him last game. Um, you know, Mitch Melnick said this, and I couldn't agree more. But like, this is almost some of the worst hockey we've ever seen Jeff Petrie play. Absolutely. And he said like, I almost hope he's injured. Like, yeah. like this. Like, I pray to God that after the season, he says like, I like I. I was dealing with a serious injury because with the extension we just gave him, like this will be a real. Well, that's exactly what we were talking yeah. about in the, in the game, of, uh, game four. Yeah. We were saying like, I pray to God he's injured yeah. because yeah, yeah, he's got a four-year deal with a lot of money. Yeah, but the the fact of the matter is, is that you know a lot of people, you know, are talking about uh, you know more Petrie. I mean, I mean, we went into winter, we went into winter weather and all stuff, but you know, we also, we also look at guys like Anderson. I mean, like Anderson's been playing okay, but you know, like. You know, get one goal in the playoffs. Like we need a lot more than that. Yeah, you know what I mean, absolutely. And then, like beside, and, and and you know, I I've, I've I'm a huge fan of Anderson, and um, you know, the whole team has basically been playing like shit except Terry Price. But the, the the reality is is that he was really 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 prepped for game one, game two somewhere. Well, game, he's also game three didn't really notice him, and game four didn't notice him at all. And and this is the other thing too, though. I he's also been for some reason demoted. Over like, after the first game, yeah, he was playing. And then he he was he was lower and lower. I think he practiced his fourth fourth line. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, That's it, another scary thing. This is what I'm saying. I just, just don't understand the the structure of what's going on here. It's like you know who's who's having a series and who's not, and they're just, just getting less and less opportunity. Yeah, this that's another scary thing. Our team in general is the the, the fact that we keep moving lines around is is probably indicative that there's just no chemistry. Yeah, and like that's a you know you know that's scary too, but. You know, I, 
No one on offense right now that I can honestly say is not having or not playing the worst game I've ever played. Like, it's really bad. Anderson had a great game one. Game two, I think the I think he's being held on a pedestal this this uh, playoff run purely from game one, which like game one he should be held on a pedestal. He's he got played a quarter order of hard. hard. He yeah exactly, <laughs> and he played super hard. He played with a lot of veracity, but. Game two, he was three and four. He was as as Gallagher was. Didn't do anything. Yeah. Didn't throw any hits. No. Nope. Threw like one or two big hits. Um, you know, and other than that, we never saw him skate up the side of the ice. We never saw him do anything that that we took him for and that we're paying for. And you know, all these guys have to step up. And the reason I'm picking on Anderson is because you know this guy is realistically of the age and of contract. You know, this this guy is with us for a. Or is going to be a backbone on our team for a very, very well. We've, good we've committed time. to the yeah. We've committed to basically his prime. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you know, um, you know, Petrie Weber Price. It's like yeah. Obviously, you know, their contracts are huge, but like we know that you know in in three four years these guys won't be the backbone of the team. Clearly not. not yeah. Right? Uh, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be still paying. But we're but halfway play through. But Anderson, understand your issue too. Who was like. But he's also someone we've invested in to be the skeleton of the team. Yeah, and, and like if he can't show up in the playoffs, like that's just not a good sign. Well, that, that's it. The big worry that I take too. too. The, see, and this is the thing. The big worry I had, and I think we may even have talked about this like pre-season, pre-regular season, of like we committed a lot of money to a lot of guys that, that is just not, not like we, like in, when we I forget when we were talking about this team identity. We've committed so much money, and I'm sure we'll go back over this. We're going to probably have more than one part to the post-mortem. It's going to be a long one. But I think committing that much money to zero stars is very, very difficult to manage because it leaves you no room to play with the cat. It also just means that everyone's a role player. And I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and I think that's the biggest issue with the team is that... We have twelve role players <laughs> for forwards, and it's like it, 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 it's funny, but it's also not. It's like you know, we I talk about how how you know, for example, I use like uh, Sidney Crosby. He's primarily a playmaker, but he's also like a two-way four. Like he can play defense. You know, you could see Sidney Crosby on a penalty kill for for his faceoffs. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use another example out of the league. Um, uh, Ovech. Right, Ovechkin is a sniper. He's like a pure sniper, but the guy is like very big hitting forward game. Well. The point is that if I'm with the Canadians, like if I told you Josh Anderson's a power forward, what else is he? I don't Not think much. I don't think he's anything. But like, pick any forward. They uh, all don't have these like you know double triple threat games. Yeah. Like Dano is a shutdown center. Yeah, and Tar like. Is he a playmaker? Is he a sniper? Yeah, I think like, what you're describing then there is like you, you have those, you know, superheroes like the, you know, you, you got the, you know, you got the Hulks. Those are the those are the guys that are you know pure snipers. Yep. These are you know, but then every once in a while you get those Supermans that are just good at everything. And that's like a Crosby, you know, that's like a right. McDavid. But the problem is, is is that we have a lot of guys who we have a, we have twelve jack of all trades, play and and none of them are Superman. They're, 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 like, there's right, no yeah. superstars. I'm saying they're jack of all trades, except they all have one thing that they're good at. Like I find a lot of teams, like most teams, have players that can do more than one thing. Like I'll use I'll even use Toronto. Mitch Marner's the point leader. He's also their number one penalty killer. Yeah, no, my point there was that like like they they're they're good at, good at 
one way around. They're good at they're decent at one thing. Yeah. Right? Like um, I'll take army as, as an example. Mm-hmm. But we have to use them as, in a way that they have to be a jack of all trades, and that, yes, exactly. that's how we seek players. This is basically we we can't seek players based on being good at one really good thing because we know that we have so, so many holes in the team that they, they need to do little things. They, they need to do other things, and that's and force them into those positions. That's exactly it. Where like you know, I, I I was just thinking about it lately about how often we've said it. Like for example, Cole Caulfield, we drafted someone who, who can do one thing. That's score goal, and then he's going to, but it's like he's not gonna do anything else. Yeah. Jeff, how many times have we said it in the past week and a half? If he's not being a point, a point, point useless. Um, I'm, I'm like I'm going through the whole team here. Like, there's well, if very... Petrie's not putting up points, I'd rather just have John Merrill. Exactly. Like, well, he's that, a better defenseman. Well, that's it. And, <laughs> and you know, but costs, even like uh, you know. Uh, a tenth of what Petrie's going to cost. And that's exactly it. It's like, it's all these guys who just, like, they, they have one role to play on the team, and they will not play, play any other role because that skill set is not there. Like, yeah, it's, it's, putting Petrie on the panel is forcing him to do trade. Exactly. Really no, not. and that's, that's completely... It's like, that's, I think, the biggest issue that I found with the Canadians is that we built this team of, like, we have one of each, and mm-hmm. we just need everyone to do their one thing. And the second, like we said, we get injuries, and then all of a sudden, now Berninger's like like on the point, point on the yeah, power or, play. Or Paul Byron's playing center. center exactly. His, he's good at is skating to the side of the ice fast and getting in those breakaways like in game one. Um, another thing I want to touch on was, um, you know, we saw a lot of lineup changes throughout the game um, in game, oh, game four. You know, that's something that I don't... You know, I'm, I'm not an NHL coach, obviously. I don't I, I don't, I've never coached a coach in my life, so I don't know how that how the chemistry will enter a game. But I feel like the worst thing you can do to a group of guys is shake the lineup mid-game. Yep. Because what happens is you look at these these lines, like I'll take extreme examples, but like, like you know, um, Marner and Matthews, but even when they're having bad games, which to be realistic here, here Marner and Matthews has had, had a terrible payoff against us. We completely shut them down. Gave at the expense of our offense. Yep. But that aside, you see them when they're having a bad game. They go on the on the on the um, on the bench. They're yelling at each other. They're showing each other on the iPad. If you keep shuffling the lines, looking for magic combination, that's never going to happen. Well, it's exactly it. It's you have to let them figure it out. The whole point is you're trusting. No, they're not going to have epic games every night, but the idea is they have to learn to work together. Yeah. And then, like, I completely agree. And yes, obviously, we've never coached, and definitely not at the professional level, but the idea is, like, just by, like, the logic of how chemistry works, it's like, the more time you spend together, the more chemistry you're going to develop like i i have a very hard time to believe when like, like people say no chemistry on that lawn it's like if they play 82 games together they're gonna have more chemistry than when they didn't play 82 games together it's just spending the time learning it's like little things it's like you know what that, that was made the sedines absolutely lethal they were i mean in their own right like they're fantastic hockey players but they're, they, they've been playing together since they were born yeah. like they, they know where each other are without even looking like, that, that's, that's just a consequence of being, pl- like, hockey players that play together for, I mean, how old were they when they got drafted? 18? So they had an 18-year advantage on yeah. the other lines. So, like, it's just leave these guys together. Look at, at our best line, Tatarda and Alger. It's because that one is just untouched. Do you guys remember that line for the longest time was just not working? 
like at all. They, they were not producing offense. Gallagher kept hovering between that line and and um, the um, was it Byron's line? Yeah, I think it was Byron playing with. Or it might have been yeah, I forget who it was, forget but it was who. it was our line line two combination. Line two was kind of patchwork, I think, but. You know, and then all of a sudden they started working in the offseason in training camp, and we saw it again in you know in uh, in September when they started playing again. All of a sudden, this this line was just incredible. Yeah, and it's, it's like, been dominant for a few years. Yeah, and now it's like one of those lines that we just can't move around. I mean, we're doing it now because Gallagher's clearly not even fifty percent. But um, that's for you know I'm sh- I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, to you know if you get do get knocked out. Only thing I'm looking forward to there is listening to the press conferences and just see how many injuries there are and how many times this is an excuse. Yeah. You know, Petrie is going to be like, oh, I played with a broken, broken toe. toe. Gallagher's going to, you know, his wrist is only 40%. Then we're going to have, um, you know, they're going to, God forbid they use a Druin as, as like a shield. That would be absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, then if, you know, I'm right, sure, just, sure we'll a Just to jump, jump in, just because I, I had said it's here. Um, speaking of injuries, John Tavares was skating today. Yeah, I think that's, 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 that's. I mean, it's yeah. good news. Obviously, yeah, I mean, I, mean, you I can just like with a concussion. It's yeah, I just, happen. I like, I to show you the mentality though. When they interviewed the players about John Tavares, just like where the heads at for the team. The, I think I forget who it was. I think it was Nylander. Or was, was was one of them said it, but uh, not, not even been either. But he said basically our game plan for this is, is that if we keep winning games, John can eventually get back in the lineup, and like that's the, the mentality they have. So it just shows like. I don't know. They just have a fire under them right now that I just don't which feel was funny, on the Canadians. Which was funny because after the first game and even before the first game, I, I, I can't know that. I, just, I just don't see this team wanting it. I know. And to be honest, honest with, with, with I, I, you know, it, if God forbid the Leafs do, you know, get us out tonight or take us out in Game Six or Game Seven, I don't see them getting past the second round. Like I, no. I don't see them getting through Winnipeg, um, and definitely not, you know. Looking down, looking down the uh, the barrel like a New York Islanders or anything like that. Like if we're, we're giving Big Matthews and Erner a hard time, the New York Islanders like just forget yeah. it. Get it. Like, um, oh yeah, they shut it down, Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, and, and so you know, I don't think you know anyone in the in the North Division right now is gonna gonna fare very well against the rest of the league. No. Uh, you, know, you got Boston, you got all these teams, but regardless, I think um, I just I we, just we we underestimated. We underestimated how much that injury really sparked our thing under them. Yeah. You know, I just thought that, you know, losing Tavares would, you know, cause more harm than the motivation that you want to win from would, but yeah. apparently not so. I just, whenever I see Boston in the next round, I'm waiting for Toronto eventually. I think of that Thanos meme there is like, back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I like how to obliterate Another everyone. thing I've been, funny, I've been finding funny too is, is uh, how. Everyone thinks that that Matthews Marlon is just gonna absolutely, you know, that they're only that's their one trick pony kind of thing. All the depth guys score. Yeah, it's been it's been Spezza that basically putting us yeah, to bed every Spezza, night. Galchenyuk. I mean, Nealander second line, but you know, you, you, that's we're talking about a Nealander without Tavares, without Foligno. Yeah, you know. No, no, uh, I, 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 um, so I I would do it this way, just to be fair. Um, we'll start with. Yeah, we'll I, I don't want to call. I don't want to call. That's what I was going to say. Lesser of, uh, I was going to say, in the event that the without doing scores, in the event that the Habs lose tonight, is it a close game? Is it overtime, or is it just they've given up and it's a blowout? Ooh, good question. I think if we lose tonight, we're gonna get. I, I think if we lose, it'll be close. Okay, interesting. 
I I think if, it's, <laughs> if it, <laughs> I really do think if we lose tonight, it's because that they've already booked their golf games and they're already mentally out of it, and they basically just want to you know pack up and go home. Um, if we win, if we win, double OT. Oh, I, I think it's gonna be gonna be those like well, every tooth and nail. If it's double OT, I don't think you guys will hear from me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think my chest. I I, I already can't take it when Matthews on the power play. Yeah. yeah. So, so but I, that, that's that's like the level of if the Habs want to win tonight, they need to literally fight for every inch of the ice. They need to claim like there's no, no four one Canadian. There's no five v Canadian. It's it's gonna be like a a double OT. One one game where just everyone gets off the goals. I'm gonna search that. Keep uh, keep going. Here. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's just my general feeling. It's it's there's only two scenarios in my head. For, for, is that is that a nighter that the Habs come up with, or, or the Leafs just basically you know stamp ill and move forward because uh, I don't know. I I just I haven't seen that. There's no fire. Uh, like like, they, they and for, not even just from the team, but just for March tenth was our last five goals. Oh, God. against two Canucks. Yeah, shocker. Um, I don't know. It's just, I I haven't noticed that like that you know that 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 pride being like like in the Montreal letter and that like you know like that that very much like willing to like, you know dive in front of a slap shot feeling that you get from like a Gallagher. Or, you know, I, I don't know. It's just... There's... I, yeah, I don't see the shot blocks. I don't see the... Know what it is really for me that I, that I can... Very good lit test for our teams are four. four, four. Like, mm -hmm. I just take it right away. Uh, and in, not off the first five minutes. Because we're one of those teams that will come out hot as shit. We usually, yeah, 90% of our energy The first used... five minutes and the last five minutes were definitely... That's exactly what I was just going to say. Okay, but watch around the 10-minute mark. If they start dwindling down, I guarantee you it's over. And... and... You know, it may really come down down to conditioning or, or whatever. I I genuinely stand by what we've been saying like half genuinely this whole thing is like if this season is not considered success, which a first round exit is not considered a success to me. Um, I would really consider like you were like hinting at not cleaning house overnight, but just the, basically this season is really drilling yeah. down the the higher fat and like yeah. saying and and it might mean also moving guys who you'd like to see stay but they're just not part of the vision yeah, i agree i think like it's a huge off season to you know um you know basically redirect the team yeah. the the one, one just, i don't want them to make any emotional decisions because a lot of the time after the playoffs i mean obviously not a way but you know directly into going right into the off season, you see a lot of scapegoating when like in reality it's just going to make there's, there's three changes. factors in the off season that i think people need to be aware of one you could get players selected by seattle that you were considering getting rid of so let's say i don't know let's just say it really come come to it and this is this is obviously not a real thing but brennan gallagher you just really want to get off the team you contact seattle be like he's open for selection basically and it's to protect uh, whoever right that, that's one way of kind of getting rid of certain pieces that you would otherwise have a hard, hard time training for example that's one thing the next piece would be the draft this year is going to be very very um 
non-linear in yeah. terms of inaccurate. like where and, and inaccurate but just like when you look at it in five years and you plot like skill versus um where they were chosen you're gonna see a lot, a lot of guys in 20s that that should have gone on ends you know your top five is your top five but like you you there's gonna be basically yeah. a difference between the, the 10th overall and the 20th overall and so this is the there's one a lot of david pasternak exactly from, and you're gonna just a lot of guys who end up rising you're gonna see a lot of busts and you're gonna see a lot of gems basically and the third thing too that um you know we have to see what the plan is for what the team wants because you have to kind of look the way I, I at least I see with this is that you have to kind of consider who is the stars on your team and if most of them are in their 30s you need to try and win now like the best example is the Pittsburgh Penguins there is no like chance they go into a rebuild having Sidney Crosby and Chris Chris Letang on them yeah so I respect them if they're gonna keep those guys on the team which I think they absolutely are they're just gonna kind of like ride into the sunset with them same thing for the Habs I don't think well we can't uh, well that's it I don't think our elite players or who we would label our elite players are young young guys right now no and those contracts are also not movable and they're not removable even even uh, if we were working in max cap, but that's that's another thing we have to think about too. Is like the, you know, the, the basic backbone of our team is is set for us. I mean, there's not much we can do there. I mean, yep. there, there's you know we can get Seattle to take a guy. Definitely hope it's not Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, that'd be brutal. brutal. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't think it because not he's not even thirty. But but you know like that's a uh, you know, they take a guy like Petrie, which like I wouldn't be thrilled to see Petrie go. But that's just. Make it theoretical. Yeah, yeah. It's, the point the is, six is, and a is quarter off the books. You're not moving Weber. You're not moving Price. Exactly. You're not moving, like those, these are, you know, you can get rid of one. You know what I mean? That, well, but, that, that's what I was gonna say. Basically, it's just like you can't obviously just trade all your bad con contracts. That's obvious. You know, like, like I, I look at look at Florida, who they clearly have like two fantastic goalies in Spencer and uh, Chris Dreidger as the backup. Yeah. Both those guys are under twenty five. But Bobrovsky is 30-something. I think 31. And he's shit. And he's making $10 million for six more years. So the idea, or five more years. The idea is, like, you can't get rid of him. But the idea is maybe, you know, you can find someone who desperately needs a goalie. Yeah. And will take, you know, a $5 million Bobrovsky where you have to basically... Retain half his salary, but you can't do that with three guys who make over exactly. six million. Yeah. You gotta... So it, it's hard for the because three guys, those right there, that the exact ones I want to talk about. Weber, Petrie, Press, all, all, all 33, gonna be over 34 by next year, all making. I mean, Petrie's the cheapest at six and a quarter, and like for uh, like term. Yeah. And so it's just you've committed to these guys. Like you need to work around them. And and again, that's just not how a good strong team is built. Unfortunately, to right D and a goalie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot to do in this off season. Let's look forward to the game. It's not over yet. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, the fat lady's not saying that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we still got the time. I think, you know, keys tonight for us is we got to get on board first. Like we can't trail if we're chasing this game. It's over. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to keep it down to that. I mean, there's, there's so many things that need to happen realistically. I think they need to take to turn over. Like, we need to take that early, and we need to keep it a little lead. So I don't want to see it tied for, for very long, and I definitely don't want to be trailing because it's 
Um, you know, the Leafs, I think, are going to come out with a lot more fire than people think because this is going to be their first time moving on uh, with, with this group of guys uh, past the, the first round. So they're really first playoff series potential win in 13 years. Yeah, so that, this is a big one for them. So I don't, I don't think this is just another game. They, uh, you know, this is a big mental hurdle for them. And, mm. um, you know, they might come out as hard as us. So, you know, we got to really pull together, get one early. How about you? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I'd like us to not only get one goal lead, but a two goal lead early enough in the game. I like, I like desperately want the power play to score. Because I think that could be the secret weapon tonight where Toronto's comfortable taking a lot of penalties. Yeah. And who do you yeah. want to. And I, I, I pray to God it's Brendan Gallagher that scores first because he's going to lead to a like a nuclear chain reaction. Yep. Where, like, if he scores, he'll rile everyone on the bench. And I'm not saying I've lost faith in Brendan Gallagher, but the thing is, is I don't think based off... He's playing with the bench. That's it. I, I, based off of how he's playing, he set himself up to score goals. So I don't want to say it's going to be Gallagher. I'd love for it to be Gallagher. But, you know, there's just been so many people who have been underperforming. Like, where, where's, no the, one, where's the Foley no one in the, No one in forwards has played well. Yeah. Like, there's honestly... like, like and, and, you know, in terms of defense, I mean... I mean uh, you know, Edmondson played defensively, but, but, but again, the entire defensive course played like shit too. Like yeah. a lot of our offense stems from quick transitions in our zone, which we did phenomenally in game one. Yep. Then game two, three, four, our transitions to the neutral zone are like it takes us it t- takes us five minutes to get pa- past their blue line. It's yeah. like it, it looks like Calgary again. Oh yeah, yeah. And it looks like playing against a lot of that stems with our blue line. Like it, it stems with Petrie, it stems with Weber, yeah. it stems with Sherrod and Edmondson. Let's take out Kulak and Romanov, who are just overall better skaters. Yeah, I, I don't want to add that. I, I think uh, you know we're if we're gonna win tonight, it's gonna start with with a transition from our from our own end with our our. our and um, you know, we're gonna gonna get those. We gotta we gotta like play our hockey. That's yeah. It. We gotta get we gotta get uh, Gallagher in front of the net. We gotta get Anderson up the side, Byron up the side. You know, get those rebounds in front. Get get Kate in front of the net. But, but the minute we try to do this, uh, you know, play Leafs hockey, uh, they have a better team. Oh, plain and simple. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.